Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy, the podcast that empowers you to transform life's challenges into opportunities for personal growth and healthier relationships. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. As experienced therapists with backgrounds in addressing trauma and mental health disorders, we believe there is hope and there certainly is healing. We've spent our lives supporting people through the ups and downs, and we want to share these insights with you. Together, we'll unravel the layers of personal growth healing from trauma, and building healthy relationships. Each week, we'll bring you engaging conversations, expert insights, and practical strategies to help you heal from the past, foster healthy communication, and develop enduring love. This podcast is your guide to transforming adversity into triumph, healing wounds and past trauma, gaining wisdom and insight, and creating meaningful, fulfilling connections. So if you're here to heal, to better understand yourself or your relationships, you're in the right place. So sit back, get comfortable, bring your trauma and your drama, and let's start healing. Welcome Welcome to to Mr. and Mrs. Mrs. Therapy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. We're very excited to have you guys here with us today. Now, before we get started today, we do want to give you guys another sensitive topic warning. We are going to be discussing something that might be uncomfortable if you have kids in the room, if you're not prepared to have this type of a conversation with them yet. We'd suggest that you pause this episode and come back at a later time or get your earbuds that you can listen to it a little bit more privately so that you can have this conversation with your kids when you feel ready to have it. But today's topic in five, four, three, two, one is going to be about pornography and children being exposed to pornography. So we've been continuing in a series where we've been talking about things that can be very difficult or uncomfortable. And so if you haven't listened to the last couple episodes, we talked about the importance of creating a safe place so that you can have these conversations and then talking to your kids about sex and not just once, but having an ongoing open conversation about it. And then we talked about social media use and the dangers that lie there. And today we're going to be talking about, like Tim said, pornography and children being exposed to that pornography. But before we jump in today, if you find anything that we're talking about or any of the episodes helpful to you or know someone who could benefit from it, please pass it along and share it with them. So with opening the subject, you may be wondering, why is this an important topic to be tackling? especially if you're working at taking protocols or precautions to try to keep your children away from pornography. We want to read you guys some statistics that kind of give you a little bit of a better understanding and can help you see the probability that your child's going to be exposed to pornography is pretty high. One study we found said that 73% of teen respondents age of 13 to 17 have watched pornography online and more than half, 54%, reported first seeing pornography by the time they reached the age of 13. Now, when we read and look at statistics like that, it shows that a lot of kids are getting exposed in one way or another. Another statistic reported that 15% of teen respondents said they first saw pornography online at the age of 10 or younger. And so when we look at those numbers, we see that there's a very high probability that they're going to be exposed to it. And I think I shared this in one of the previous episodes that we did, that even if you have a lot of constraints to try to protect your kids from viewing or running into these things, This may be something that their friends might expose them to. I remember hearing a story where middle school boys were in the bathroom watching pornography on their phones together. And so even if they can't access it on their own phone, they might be exposed to it or be around kids who have the access to it and then are showing them explicit photos or explicit videos. 
And sometimes it starts with an unintentional exposure to pornography where they're not looking for pornography, but like Tim said, maybe one of their friends is like, hey, look at this. They look at the phone and they're exposed to it. And so it says 63% of those who said they'd been exposed to pornography accidentally reported that they had been exposed to pornography in the past week. And so one of the things that we had set up in place when our oldest was probably seven or eight, one of their friends had a phone and our daughter didn't have a phone, but her friend did. And one of our rules was she can't look at things on her phone, even if the friend is like, no, come and see this or come and look at this. And it could be an innocent farming game, but at the other end, it could have been pornography or something else. And so we just had a rule that they couldn't look at things on their friends' phones because we knew that even though maybe our kids weren't intentionally looking for this, it's all around us. And I think that's one of the first things we want to talk about is really the ease of access that with smartphones and high-speed internet, children can access online content, including pornography, at any moment, just at the tips of their fingers. And so it's scary to think really how little control we have with the access to it because it is all around. And when you think about, you know, the different levels of exposure or porn and you look at even TV shows today, maybe it wouldn't be considered pornography, but there's a lot more exposed and shown than I'm comfortable with and that I want my children to be exposed to. And one of the things I think is important that we're saying here is that you should try to protect your kids from exposure but that trying to protect them from exposure is not the only thing you should be doing. You also need to be doing some level of education and teaching. And a part of this is also stopping and educating yourself. So a part of you may still be thinking like, okay, so they get exposed to it. What's the big deal? So they may be exposed at a young age. Why, why do we really care? And we're going to read to you some more statistics that dive a little bit more into some of the negative effects that can really happen from people who are regularly exposed to or are consuming pornography. So one thing is that frequent exposure to pornography can lead to neurological changes and changes in the structure of the brain. For instance, some research has indicated that regular consumption of pornography may be associated with a reduction in the size and activity of certain brain regions involving reward processes and decision making. When you're thinking about it actually affecting the structure of your brain, this is causing more of a systemic and long-term type problem. If the part of your brain that helps you to make decisions decreases or loses size, then that means you're going to have less ability to just address the problems of the day because now that part of the brain is less suited to the job that it was supposed to have, which is helping you to make those decisions. Or another thing is if it also causes you to have affected in your reward processing, it may make you need more frequent rewards, which is a part of what we'll talk about in a little bit. But this is where I think people really get addicted to pornography, where they get a little bit of a dopamine hit when they view pornography. And that feels good, but then they want to feel good more, so then they view pornography or use pornography more to get more of that dopamine hit. But then eventually they are desensitized to it, or their body becomes accustomed to the higher levels of dopamine, and so then they need more and more dopamine. Just same thing with like alcohol. If you're drinking alcohol and then you're doing it on a regular basis, you need to drink more and more to get the same level of effect. And so same thing with pornography. You need more and more dopamine to get the same effect. And so the benefit that you get from that dopamine release gets harder and harder to come by. The other thing too that happens when you lose that sensitivity to the dopamine is that it can cause you to go into deeper or more explicit types of pornography. And then it can really lead you down some darker to unsavory places 
searching for that same feeling of payout. So following that dopamine trail can really lead you to addiction-like behaviors where you're struggling to not view pornography, but then it can lead you to be doing ridiculous things. I remember I even heard a story once where a guy's wife had caught him viewing pornography, but he was in the middle of viewing it and she knew he was and he knew she was, but he just put his foot against the bathroom door to keep her from coming in. And you think about that, it's like, that's a deep level of addiction where he didn't care about the consequences in that moment. He was still just so struggling to get that dopamine hit that it didn't matter what was happening on the other side of the door. He was going to finish his fix. Which goes into another area concerned that it really has an impact on relationships as well as sexual expectations. So as you regularly consume pornography, it can shape your expectations and attitudes and potentially lead to unrealistic, unhealthy perceptions of sex, which obviously is going to affect your relationship as it affects your sexual experiences and your relationship satisfaction. And we've seen a lot of people in therapy who have really struggled with this in their relationship. And a lot of times, one side of the couple views it as being unfaithful and views it as cheating because that impact is there because you're no longer allowing your spouse to be the one that fulfills this area in your relationship. And one of the things I think it also can bring up is a lot of insecurity in your partner if they find you viewing pornography and then they would think, are they comparing me to them? And one thing that I don't want you to do necessarily is get into the debate, is it being unfaithful or not? But it is damaging the other partner. It's damaging the other person. Hey, this hurts me. I don't want this to happen. So don't get into necessarily the debate of if it's being unfaithful or not. But understanding that this is giving me insecurity, it feels like you want somebody else, it feels like I'm not enough, something along those lines to really convey that if this does hurt you and you're having a problem with it, that you're asking your partner to stop. And so I do think there's merit to saying it's unfaithful, but I just want to put that caveat out there that if you're confronting your spouse on viewing pornography, don't get stuck in that bog about arguing about is it infidelity or not but more talking about the insecurity or the feeling like you're not enough is something that will bring home the point more about how it negatively affects you. Right, because just because something is prevalent and happening so much in our culture and in our society, and it could be viewed as a normal thing, it doesn't mean that it's healthy. And in this case, it's not healthy because it does have that impact on that relationship. And it doesn't necessarily have to be to this point of addiction. Viewing pornography once or twice can really affect your relationship and can be so hurtful for your spouse. And so really understanding that pornography is going to have an impact on your relationship. And just like Tim was talking about that addictive behavior and how it leads to needing more and more of something or it could lead to more of those explicit and varied forms of pornography, that can change your sexual relationship and the expectations you have in your relationship or even what's fulfilling to you anymore. And just going back real quick to what we're talking about, how it changes the relationship, I was also thinking that a lot of times, you know, when there is infidelity, we've talked about this in a past episode, but a lot of times with an infidelity, it's not just the act that is hurtful, but it's the hiding and the lying that happens in order to hide that infidelity. And that betrayal is so damaging to the relationship. And it's the same thing with this, that pornography, we've already talked about how it can change your brain and the effects with that. 
but also that preoccupation that happens with pornography and the hiding that happens and then the shame and all the things that come along with it, that can also damage the relationship. So not just the pornography itself, but all the hiding that happens and the betrayal that happens because of it. And there's also evidence that suggests that pornography use is linked with mental health. So if you regularly use pornography, you're more likely to be depressed or anxious. And so when we talk about children, because pornography often depicts unrealistic and a lot of times harmful portrayals of sex, it can skew your children's expectation and understanding of what a healthy sexual relationship is. And so I want to read you a quote from that same article we were talking about. And it says, and for better or for worse, online pornography is shaping their views about sex and sexual relationships. As nearly half, 45% of teen respondents said that they felt online pornography gives helpful information about sex. And so that's them viewing pornography and saying and reporting, okay, this helps me understand what sex is. But like we just talked about, it's often unrealistic and not healthy. And so that's where this next segment that we want to go into is important, that the role of you, the parent, in all of this. And this is what we talked about in that first episode when we started this series, is just that open communication. Because when I see that, where teens are saying that online pornography gives me helpful information about sex, it's what we've been saying on why it's so important to talk to your children about this. Because do you want culture to form their opinions and give them this information? Or do you want to be the one educating them on what healthy sex is, what intimacy is, and just kind of having that open communication, although it can be uncomfortable, it is so important that you are the one to really give them a foundation of understanding for this stuff. Because if you don't, they are going to get it from somewhere. And I think too, even just looking at that statistic, 73% of respondents between the ages of 13 and 17 have watched pornography online. So if 73% have watched pornography online, a much higher percentage has been exposed to pornography. So that's just specifically for people who've watched it online. So 73% between 13 and 17 is a very high number. And then thinking about other ways people might be exposed to pornography, I would say, and this is just my opinion, that's probably more upwards of 90%. And they have a statistic that only about 30% of parents talk to their teens about pornography, according to the American Academy of Pediatrics. And so if they have this 73% that are admitting to it of watching pornography online, or like Tim's estimation of 90% being exposed to it, only 30% of those children have their parents talking to them about this and have their parents guiding them and walking them through this. And if I had to guess, I'd say the 30% that are talking to them about it have probably caught them using it. Right. And we want to make sure that we are doing this in a preventive manner because we know that they're going to be exposed at some point. And so, yes, you can wait until your child is exposed to it and then have that discussion. Or you can talk to them and educate them about the risks and reality of it. And it can help mitigate the harmful effects. And just help prepare your child for what's to come. And when we're talking about this, like anything else we've talked about in the last couple episodes, we want it to be age appropriate. And so you're not just laying all of this out there and not using wisdom. We want you to use wisdom. Those are your children. Those are your babies that God has given to you. And so you do what's right for your family. 
But we really just want to encourage you to have these conversations and to openly communicate about this. And I think this subject can feel a little bit heavier than just the topic of sex because one, you're just trying to kind of educate your kids and help them to understand just the human body and how it operates. But then pornography can be another thing where this opens up a deeper, more uncomfortable conversation. Well, well, why are those people being videotaped having sex? Then it can draw you into a conversation a little bit deeper than what you're expecting. I remember having a conversation with our kids. I think we had driven past a homeless person and they asked us about them and we said, oh, well, they're homeless. And then they said, well, why are they homeless? And I said, well, most of the reason why people are homeless are kind of boils down to one of two reasons. Either they're really struggling with mental health stuff or they're struggling with addiction. And then I think my daughter was like, well, what, what's addiction? So then I had to explain about drugs. And then I had to explain the difference between illicit drugs and prescription drugs, but then how both can be abused in bad ways. And then how you can be addicted to something that causes you to only care about that. And so then you're living on the streets. And then talk about mental health issues. Well, there's a diagnosis called schizophrenia and you you hear, see, smell, taste, touch things that are not there. And so then it causes you to not trust people. And then you might live out on the streets because you can't keep down a job or because you don't want to go into a shelter because you feel like it's bugged by the FBI. And so then you're terrified to go in there. So answering that one question to my kids about why was somebody homeless took me down two very deep paths to explain to them these different things about mental health or about drug addiction. And so if you're talking to your kids about pornography, I think you should be prepared that they might ask you follow-up questions. And it is also a fine answer to say, hey, listen, that's a little bit deeper than I want to go with you right now. This is as far as I want to take this conversation. And you definitely can end it there. So just like Ruth is saying, use your wisdom when you're talking about it. But don't be surprised if they ask you some much deeper level question that begs a much more complicated answer. And in that conversation, obviously we know that there's more to homelessness than just mental health or addiction. You know, there's poverty and there's a lot of other factors. But he's just using that as an example of that led us into some really great conversations. And so as Christians, what that could look like even for us with our children at, you know, depending on which age or which child we're talking about, it can be a conversation about protecting your eyes and your ears and kind of having this eye gate or this ear gate. Or maybe use the example of why we don't let them watch certain shows or listen to certain songs. And whether or not you're a Christian or have a specific faith, I'm sure that even you are protecting and have that gate around your children's eyes and your ears. Each family has a different level of that, but you are doing this to some extent with your children. You're protecting them because you love them. And so these conversations that we have really are because you are doing what's in the best interest for your children. And so I know that there is so much more to talk about pornography, but we just want to encourage you to start the conversation. And we wanted to give you some reasons today on why it's so important and the impact that it can have on your children. And so one of the major things that we want you guys to take away from this whole series where we are talking about sex, where we're talking about social media, where we're talking about pornography, is not to instill fear, but to instill this idea that it's important to have these discussions, to have open lines of communication with our children, and then for you to also take personal responsibility for educating in these difficult, uncomfortable areas, because they're going to get an education about it somewhere. And we want you guys to be the ones who are instilling your beliefs and your values in your children, not letting somebody else do that. But what that does require is that ownership of these conversations. 
not just bringing it up when there's a problem, but trying to be the one who talks to them about the situation before it becomes a problem. So then you are that person that they turn to because they have learned from you. So then they go back to the original source where they learn things from to find out more or additional information or to bring up questions that they heard from friends to you as opposed to just talking amongst themselves or viewing pornography to learn about sex. So we don't want you to take away this idea of being fearful about these things, but the knowledge that these things are coming down the pike for you to be well prepared to help your children walk through these things and protect them, but also educate them through this process. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. And remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode and found it helpful. If so, would you take 30 seconds and share it with a friend? Also, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcast. It lights us up to know that this podcast is helping you. If you have any questions or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group. Just click the link in the description below. Although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. If you are struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or feeling hopeless or suicidal, you are not alone. Help is available. Please seek professional help or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988. Thank you again for joining us on Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. Remember, there's always hope and there's always help.